Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you praise. We thank you for bringing us together again to learn at your feet, to behold your face, to hear what you will say to us. We thank you for your faithfulness in time past. We thank you for the portion allotted to us for today. Father, as we go into your word again tonight, we ask for grace, we ask for wisdom, we ask that you would grant us entrance into your word. Let your word find root in our hearts tonight, shine light upon our darkness, give us grace both to speak and to receive. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, so I, I believe that God would have us re-emphasize some of the things he has told us and um, to, to adjust our heart positions um, because unbelief is very subtle but it's very dangerous. Um, very powerful in the negative sense. And um, I think it's something that God would have us watch out, watch against. And because it's first a state of the heart. And um, oftentimes people can say things with their mouth, but their hearts don't believe those things. In fact, um, Jesus says concerning some people, he said, these people draw near me with their mouth but their heart is far away. So the, the things they were saying with their mouth, if unfortunately none of us um, has access to people's hearts. So um, on the face of it, we are at a position where we only take people by their words, right? Until maybe when you move closer and you see that, okay, it looks like... Um, lifestyle or content does not match words that but for people you have not moved moved close to you okay he said this and he said that praise god but um people can draw near with their with their mouth and their heart is so far away their heart is not saying what their mouth is saying hallelujah and it can be the same with unbelief in fact we can do a lot of mental Ascent. We can believe things. We can accept things in our in our heads, and we actually really believe those things. But it has not just settled in the heart. The heart has not the heart has not come to the place of assurance. And until that happens, we we limit the flow of God's grace. Um, we are unable to we are unable to have find access into the full expression of God's power because of unbelief. Um, if we read through Hebrews chapter 3, um, Hebrews chapter 3, let's see quickly. That's not the main scripture, but I think we'll just read through some verses, then we'll go to our main scripture, which is um, Romans chapter 4. Hebrews chapter, let's see from verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So, Scripture calls it an evil heart. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Um, this departing is not just turning away from God alone is not just backsliding alone it is also the fact that your heart is not uh, in the same position with God on particular issues your heart has not aligned your heart has not joined it's not one with God that's the picture. praise God but exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 
For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Um, while it is said today, can you go back, go down to um, the later verses where he was talking about how they couldn't enter into God's rest because of unbelief? So now, no, verse 17. Verse 17 is fine. Now with whom, I, I'm sure we know this story, so we can, we can skip some of the verses. Now with whom was he angry 40 years? He was talking about the, um, the sojourn or the journey of the people of Israel. 40 years. Was he not with those who sinned? Whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would never enter his rest? But those who did not obey. So God made a promise to these guys. He made a promise to their forefathers, you know, who is also our forefather, Abraham, concerning the land of promise. But at the point of entrance, after they had gone through the wilderness, at the point when they were supposed to enter the promised land, um, Moses sent spies, the 12 spies, including Joshua and Caleb, to spy out the land and, you know, based on God's word and all of that. And they came back. We know the story. Joshua and Caleb gave a positive report. Our God is able to, in fact, our God has given us victory. We are able to march up and take over this land based on God's word and all of that and charged up. But the other ten gave an evil report that the land that we have, yes, is a good land, flows with milk and honey. The fruit of the land is great, but the land is also full of giants. And when we saw those guys, we were like grasshoppers. We are not able to take this land because these guys will consume us. In fact, it is a land that divorces its inhabitants. Hallelujah. And because of that, Scripture says that the children of Israel, um, they became sad, unbelief setting. Um, they did not find energy to go in the direction of God's will and purpose. And God was angry with them. And because of that, God destroyed that generation. Everybody was above 20. He swore in his wrath that because these guys did not believe me, they would not see this promise. Except for Caleb and Joshua, who were above 20 from the people that came from, the, from, from Egypt. So to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter him because of unbelief. So what stopped them from entering into the promise, from receiving the fulfillment of God's promise, was not God's inability to bring them in. It was not even the strength of the giants in the land. It was their whole unbelief. And that applies to every one of us today. Um, in, in every sense that we want to look at it, in terms of direct promises of God to you, in terms of um, what prophetic words, personal prophetic words that you have received, in terms of things you have read from scriptures, in terms of the things that have been preached to you, the Lord is saying that we can't come into any of those things when we are in unbelief. Praise God. We cannot come into the actualization of God's will, actualization of God's promises. We cannot receive fulfillment of God's promises as long as unbelief is resident in the heart. Let's see. Let's continue. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to, to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as unto them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3. For we who have believed do enter rest, as he has said. So I saw in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So the word was preached to them, the same word was preached to us. And we have seen that those ones could not enter in because of unbelief. But we who believe, we come into rest. For, for, every, for every word that mixes with faith in our heart, for every word of God that 
that, that sees faith, that meets with faith in our heart, we come into a measure of rest. Hallelujah. Rest is, rest is a state of assurance and satisfaction in God. Hallelujah. It's a state where there is no conflict. It's a state of, of confidence. It's a state where everything is entrusted into God's hand and you are sure that God is in charge of this. Hallelujah. So there is, there is no fear. There is no, there is no, um, there is no conflict. Praise God. As you believe, you come into rest. And it's in phases. There are certain issues. You can, be, you can be at rest over certain issues and you are not at rest over some issues. It's your faith level. It's your belief level on those matters. Praise God. Um, we're going to see some, some things as we go on, but I just want to establish some of this. For you have spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Can we go to verse, um, from verse 9? There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. So he had said things like, Joshua was not able to bring them rest. So there remains a rest for the people of God. 10, 11, 12. For he who has entered his rest himself has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall after the same example of disobedience. Some other translation says after the same example of unbelief. Hallelujah. So unbelief is, is a state of is a state of distrust. It's a state of distrust in God. You have received words, you have received um, commitments, you have received promises, but the heart does not trust. The heart has not come to full persuasion. Hallelujah. Unbelief connotes a, a lack of confidence, not just, not just a lack of confidence in God's word or a lack of confidence in God's promises alone. It is a lack of confidence in God himself. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is a lack of confidence in God himself. Because, I mean, God is the same with his words. So if what unbelief does is God says a thing to you and in your mind... Even though this is not what you are doing actively. But because there is unbelief in that, what you are inevitably saying is, God is unable to keep his word. Praise God. What you are saying is, um, God has said you are so, 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 so. Or that he will do so, so, so and so. What unbelief does is, Loriro. Praise God. Now you have not said that you have not said that um, audibly. You have not you have not even said it as it were deliberately. But the heart cannot receive those things. Praise God. The heart has not received it. The heart has not believed it. And because the heart has not believed it, what you're saying is you really don't think God will keep his word. You really don't think God is able to fulfill what he has said. And that dishonors God. Unbelief dishonors God. Unbelief is saying that um, God cannot do what he says he can do or what he will do. That's what unbelief says. Unbelief says the words and the promises of God lack power. Or in fact, that God lacks power or lacks the wherewithal to bring about his word. And that his words are in vain. That's what unbelief says. Hallelujah. I wish I said, unbelief underestimates God. Unbelief underestimates God. Unbelief incapacitates God. Is he, he makes God... Uh, in your mind, you have, you have judged him incapable. You have judged him unable to keep his word. And that dishonors God. That dishonors God. Scripture told us in the book of Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. He's not a man that he should lie. He's, 
lie in that in that scripture does not just mean does just does not just mean to to say something that is not true. Yes, it means that. But even much more than that, it 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 means that God is not a man that he should say something he does not mean, that he should, that he should speak in vain. Praise God. He's not a man that he should speak in vain. He's not a man that he should fail concerning the things that he has spoken. In fact, he told us, he said, no jot of my word will go out and come back to me unfulfilled. So every word he has spoken will come true. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 4, which is our key scripture tonight. Romans chapter 4. Um, we're just quickly going to look at the story of Abraham. I, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm taking this message or this exhortation focusing on unbelief. I know the other side of it is faith. And um, I know the other side of, of it is faith. And yes, as we speak about unbelief, we would reference faith. But I want to, to just stay stay on this. Um, let's look at, um, I would recommend that we read the whole chapter when, in fact, from from chapter 3, I would recommend we read that in our um, you know, on our own. But let's, let's read from, I think, verse 13 tonight to the end. So he's been talking about, you know, the promise to Abraham, how it, how it was that Abraham received the promise before he was circumcised. So it was a promise of, the promise didn't come as a result of his circumcision. So it was not works. He received the promise before he was circumcised. And circumcision was even the sign of the covenant that he was already in faith. Do you understand? That's what the previous verse says. So he said, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For those who are of the law are his. Faith is made void and the promise made, made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not those who are of the law, that's not those who are Israelites by flesh, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Hallelujah. So Abraham got that thing before the issue of circumcision came. The reason was so that all of us could be a particle of the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. So as it is written, I have made you father of many nations in the presence of him of whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. It is written, I have made you a father of many nations. When did God make this promise to Abraham? In Genesis Genesis 17, that was where God changed his name. It was Abraham, exalted father. But God came to, so we, we remember he, may, he called him Genesis 12, go out and all of that. A lot of things happened. Ishmael came into the sin. Then he came back to him again. He changed his name from Abraham, which meant exalted father. He changed his name to the father of many nations. At this time, the child of promise who would be the fulfillment of that word ultimately. Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of that word, right? But the, the son that God would pr promised him in the natural, which was Isaac, had not even been born. Hallelujah. And this was God calling him the father of many nations. You see, God does not, God does not um, call us and he does not address us based on our situation. He addresses us from his own, from, from the point of his own purpose. Hallelujah. That's why I could look at someone like Gideon and call him a mighty man of valor, even though the guy was hiding. And he was, he was unsure, he was in fear, he was living, he was living under intimidation and all of that. But God didn't see a man who was in fear. God called him by his name. God called him 
by his purpose. And God looked at, in quote, a barren Abraham, who at this time had no child, as it were, and called him the father of many nations. And sometimes we can look at our lives today and the things, the promises of God seem far-fetched. You look at yourself and you look at the words that have come to you, the words that have been spoken over you. You look at the things and the promises you have read in scripture and it looks like your life is far away from these realities. But that is what God has said concerning you. God is not looking at your current situation to determine your future. He predestined you. Praise God. Scripture says, those whom he did foreknow, he also predestined. So your predestination is according to the foreknowledge of God. God knew you before you came on the scene and determined your life. Praise God. So as I have made you a father of many nations, I have made you. Not that I will make you at this time. I have, it, is, it is a done thing. It is a done deal. It is settled. Abraham needed to set, but as far as God was concerned, it was a settled matter. Praise God. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, quickly. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. The old PJB said, uh, he believed in hope against hope. So this was Abraham that at a point where he had no reason to believe, at a point where he had no reason to hope, he believed in hope. Praise God. We are talking of a man, I mean, how do you come to a 99-year-old man with a wife of 89 years? They've been married for at least 25 years because um, Abraham was 75 when God called him in Genesis, um, in Genesis 12. But Abraham was already married before God called him. So at least we can say they've been married for at least 24, 25 years without a child. Are we seeing these contradictions? Hallelujah. So there was no reason for hope I mean, in fact, at this time he had given birth to he had given birth to Ishmael. So, as far as Sarah was concerned, and we'll see it. Okay, let's let's see. We'll come back to this. So he believed in hope against hope that he might become what the name God called him. He had to come to believe in. He had to he had to believe to come to the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. Praise God. According to what? According to what was spoken. According to what was spoken. So a word had gone forth. He believed according to what was spoken. His hope rested on what was spoken. Praise God. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own. You see, this is the problem. The problem is consideration. He did not consider his own body already dead. This man was a dead man. Since he was about a hundred years old, he also did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. You see, it's, it's easier to believe if they were 35 and 32 Praise God. So God, I would give you a child. In fact, don't worry. You would, I would give you a son. It's easy. But at the point God was reassuring and reaffirming this covenant and promise, Abraham, as far as in the natural, he was a dead man. Scripture says his body was dead. The body, of Hebra, the body of Sarah, the womb of Sarah was dead. There was nothing in the natural that could make them give birth. I said the problem is always consideration. So you look at the promise and you look at yourself. Then you look at everything that could go wrong. If I look at every other thing that, ah, no, it's impossible. No, uh, 
How will this one, this one, this one? Ah, no. No. Hallelujah. And not being weak in faith. He did. So he, he could have considered. Praise God. He could have considered. But he did not consider. And that's the word to us. It's, see, consideration is, is personal and deliberate. Your, you would have to make a decision. Because you would have to make a decision not to consider. Because if you're looking at it, there are a lot of things to consider that militate and fight against believing. In fact, that will tell you, you know, if, see, looking at where you are right now, eh? just consider Nigeria. In the flesh, do you have hope for this country? In the flesh. Like, with everything you can see now, with the way Praise God. But God has given a word over our nation. Hallelujah. It is our responsibility to stay on what God has said. And not consider. Because if you consider, you will lose heart. Faith will fly out of the window. It did not consider. That's the problem. It's always consideration. Not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead. And he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. So it was not just about his own body alone. It was also that there was even another party in this holy. So even if me, I'm even able, my body is not, I'm still very um, virile. How about this one? Where we want to even put this? This one, the, 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 the soil is dead. There's nothing. Hallelujah. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, verse 20. He did not waver. Old KJV said, he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He did not waver. James told us, I think James chapter 1, he said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he will obtain anything from the Lord. The word waver is the is to be double-minded, is to, is to be shaken, is to be unsure, it is to be divided in your mind, is to not be able to focus on the promise of God. Hallelujah. He did not waver, he did not stagger at the promise of God. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, But was strengthened. So because he did not waver. Because he was sure. Because he stayed on the promise. And stayed on the word of God. Scripture says he was strengthened in faith. So strength came. Giving glory to God. Let's continue. This is another problem. And being fully convinced... I like, I like the old KJV expression. It says, and being fully persuaded. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able. Two things. There is a promise, then there is the ability to fulfill the promise. So our faith is not just resting on the promise. In fact, Faith does not only rest on the promise. Faith rests in the ability of God. Because every, anybody can give a promise. I can give you a promise I cannot fulfill. Praise God. I can promise you something I cannot fulfill. But with God, it is not just the promise. Backing that promise is his eternal, unfailing ability to fulfill. Being fully persuaded. So this is where we must come to. Two things. I mentioned consideration. He did not consider. This is another thing. He was fully persuaded. This is, this is the problem of unbelief. Unbelief is not coming to the place of full conviction. We have, in many things, we have not come to the place of full assurance. We preach the message of perfection and conformity to the image of Christ. 
Do you know that I, I'm not sure if all of us believe that message? That it is possible. That it is possible. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And this should be our prayer tonight and going forward. That we would come to the place of full persuasion concerning the promises of God. And not just his promise, about his ability. Scripture says concerning um, um, God, I think in, in Mark, where is that scripture? In Luke chapter 1 verse 37, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. There is no impossibility with him. And there's another person that he says, nothing shall be impossible. Do you know the person? Hallelujah. Do you know the person that to him nothing shall be impossible? To him that believe it. That's crazy. To him that believes. Um, stay in Romans chapter 4. Being fully persuaded. Coming to full conviction about the promises of God. About the ability of God to keep his word. About the integrity of God. See, what unbelief does, unbelief questions the integrity of God. It, that's what we do in our heart. And it's not... It's not it, it can happen concerning any matter, but we must, we must always stay on what God has said. We must, we must, uh, we need to convince our hearts. We need, we need, we need God to help our hearts and to work upon our heart. We must, we must um, discipline ourselves. We must. I'm looking for. Uh, we must train our hearts to trust God on every matter concerning which God has spoken. Because when God speaks, you can go to bed. You can go and sleep. Why? He will fulfill it. Praise God. I'm being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Verse 22. Therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Every action of faith, every victory over unbelief launches us into righteousness. Praise God. I'll say that again. Every action of faith, every victory we gain over unbelief launches us into righteousness. I'll put it another way. That righteousness, you can exchange it for rest. Launches us into rest. Praise God. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. This is what I was saying. But also for us. So, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So, every action of faith Every victory against unbelief in the heart confers righteousness. It's, 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 it's like the way scripture says concerning the, the sinner who repents. Scripture says there is joy in heaven over every sinner who repents. There is joy in heaven every time we shift from unbelief. There is joy in heaven. There is, there is, there is rapturous joy in heaven. Why? Because we, are, we have come to faith. We have come to believing. What did I tell us about believing some weeks ago? I said believing is adopting God's position. So when you say you believe, what you have done is, concerning this matter, I'm adopting God's position. So when you come to the point over any matter, over any issue, whether natural or spiritual, any issue whatsoever, when you adopt God's position, there is joy in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. But it was what? It was strong in faith. 
And that's our challenge tonight. God's word spoken over you. See, our attitude must be the attitude of, of Mary. In Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Remember when the, when the angel came to him and gave, came to her and greeted her. Hail Mary. Luke chapter 1. Let's see from verse 26. Let's see if we can run through that story. Then Mary 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent. We know this story. So the angel Gabriel came to her, told her this, this, this. I mean, it takes, it takes some audacity of faith for even a, a prophet like Isaiah to declare a virgin shall conceive. Are you mad? How can a virgin conceive? Hallelujah. See, there are considerations. So. There are considerations. Now, you came to... So, you are, Mary, you are going to give birth. You are not going to know a man. The power of the highest will overshadow you. And you give birth to a, a holy son. And all of that, and all of that. He said, because you have found favor. Um, if you go down to like verse 35. And the angel said, okay, how, she answered, how shall these things be seen that I know not a man? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 36, 37, 38. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. So this thing that is happening to you, there is... Um, a repeat something similar we are also doing it in fact we've started it with elizabeth we started it with her six months ago and i hold it and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren 37 for with god nothing will be impossible 38 then mary said behold the handmaiden of the lord be it unto me according to your word this must be our posture concerning the word of the Lord. This must be our posture concerning the speakings of God to us, concerning every promise. Be it unto me. Even when I don't understand how you are going to work it out, how you are going to do it, by virtue of considerations, a lot of things are not adding up, but be it unto me, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. If you go to verse 45 of that same chapter, scripture says that the angel said, because of this position she took, the angel said, blessed is she who believed. For there will be a performance of those things that were told her of the Lord. I'm saying to us tonight, blessed is he, blessed is she, who believe there will be a performance what unbelief does i said earlier i said unbelief incapacitate god unbelief tampers with performance isaiah i think is isaiah 53 he says who has believed our report to whom is the hand of the lord revealed if you don't believe the harm of the lord will not be revealed I wrote something here. Let me see if I can find it. I said, unbelief blocks the access to divine intervention in our lives. Unbelief blocks the access. Unbelief blocks the access to the intervention of God. Blocks the access to the operation of God's power. Blocks the access to the divine flow. Blessed is he who believes, for there shall be a performance. Who has believed? See, it is the person that has believed the report of the Lord. That is the person that will see the harm of God in operation. Maybe the reason why we have not seen the hand of God so much, in fact, it's not maybe, it is because of our unbelief. Because God, see, God, the same yesterday, 
today and forever. He has not, he does not faint. He does not diminish. He does not lack capacity. But unbelief has separated. Unbelief has denied us access to God's power. God told us in, I think, is it Mark chapter 15? If I remember correctly, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They would, they would, um, they hold, uh, they would step upon serpents as they would eat deadly things if you not hurt them and all of that. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How many of us are laying hands on the sick? Why are we not doing it? Do you say these signs shall follow the pastors? These signs shall follow the apostles? This that's a word for all believers. It's a realm every believer can operate in. They will speak with new tongues. They will eat deadly things. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This sign, you see, oftentimes we, we are afraid for God, but it's our own belief that is at work. So you are wondering um, if I do this thing now and it does not work. How is that your problem? Is it your name? He said in my name. In his own name. So let, if he does not honor his name, as it were, how is that your headache? But we have reputation to consider. We, we have many considerations. Part of those considerations is our reputation. So we don't move. We don't step out in faith. We don't, we don't go out to boldly declare the name of the Lord. Or to even declare his message. I mean, God gave you a blank check. Fill any amount you want. Fill, if I give you a blank check and tell you to fill anything, I must, I must have an un, unlimited pool. Maybe if I give you a blank check, me as I am right now, you may not believe me. But if a Dangote or a Buari, sorry, Buari has gone. A Tinu. <laughs> let, pres, let the president give you a blank check and tell you to fill something. You will feel that thing excited. You will think of, ah, what can I... You will, you will outdo yourself. You will, you will come to, to the highest capacity of your imagination. Right? Why, why are you doing that? Because you know as president, he has, he has capacity. Somebody who is in charge of the resources of the nation. Do you understand? Oil block, unless you must sort out problem. But you can do that because you know his capacity. And you believe in it that, okay, this man has said, he can do this thing that he's saying. That's what Abraham did. Fully persuaded that the person that promised is also able. The promise and the ability to perform. So God gave you a blank check in my name. His name is a blank check. Fill everything you, fill anything you want inside and not just in terms of natural things you can get. I'm talking in terms of even allocations and portions in the spirit. Praise God. Feel. Come. There is access. The door is open. Access is granted into distance. But one belief will shut us out. Unbelief will, will diminish our experience in God. It will limit how far we can go. It will limit how much God can do in horse and through horse. It will. It will limit it. In fact, scriptures, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, if you read verses 1 to 6, it was when God came, when Jesus came into Bethlehem. You know, and he did... He preached in their temple. He did one or two things. But scripture says, Jesus had to leave. He said he could not do many miracles. He could not do many mighty works in that place. Go to verse 5 and 6. He came into his own country. Jesus said, a prophet is without honor. Now, he could do no mighty work there. Except that he laid his hand on a few sick people. I mean, there... He had opportunity to do mighty work. But he just... Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people. So here and there... So let's just sprinkle something for them. 
on a few sick people and healed them. And they marveled. Ah! They don't believe. Oh, oh, yeah. Ah! Ah! He marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled. He could do no mighty work among them because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. So unbelief short circuits the power of God that can flow in our life and, God, and that can flow through us. He could do no mighty works. Why did I say our posture must be? Be it unto me according to your word. That's the posture. For blessed is he, blessed is she that believe, for there shall be a performance. There shall be a performance. I'll just speak on, on two things to, to help us. Um, because we would come to moments, we would come to We'll probably even face daunting situations, you know, that um, that can bring about like you you would have reasons to doubt, right? But I w- I would say two things. Number one is you don't need a bigger faith. In quote. This is what I'm, I'm trying to say. You see, the faith... Okay, so for, for many of us, and I'm saying this, I'm just using this as an example. It applies, it can apply to, to many other things. For many of us, if someone comes to you now and says, um, I have a dick. How many of us can pray for a dick? How many of us can pray for a dick? You have faith for a dick. Somebody who has stage four cancer. Praise God. You see, so that's exactly where I'm going. The faith that healed headache is the same faith that will heal stage four cancer. You see that gap of big faith, small, that you need a bigger faith. That faith, that, that, that thing that is in your mind. It is not in God's inability to do it. It is your own inability to believe God for it. So the faith that healed headache is the faith that will heal cancer, that will take care of AIDS. It's that same faith that can grow legs, working of miracles. Praise God. It's just believing. Do you understand? It's just believing. It's just what you had. It's the same blank check. That headache you want to pray for is in the name of Jesus. Whose name do you want to use for the other one? It's the same blank check. You are just the one feeling something small inside. Now, I'm, I'm challenging us tonight to... You see, God, God must be big in our eyes. He must be magnified to us. He must be magnified. We must, we must see him in his glory, in his grandeur, we must see his majesty. The same way you believe when I was talking about blank check and talking about the president is because you know something about the president. That thing you know about the president, can we come to know it about the Lord? Can we come, can we come to nearness where we see him in close quarters? Because sometimes when you know somebody from afar, you are not exactly sure Number one, you are not sure of what they can do. You are not sure of their integrity. You are not. But when it comes close, ah, oh, I used to, I used to, you know, I used to think you are a snobble, right? But when the person comes, ah, okay, I, and it's not like that. It's the same thing with us. We, the trust is, is because there is distance. Can we come closer? Can we see him in close quarters? Can we draw near with full assurance? Of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, sprinkled from unbelief. And the second thing I would say is remember. Is it remember? I would call it 
Remember his faithfulness. Praise God. Remember the things he has done in the past. It will give you strength when you face new things and you are in unbelief. When you recall his goodness, when you recall his faithfulness, when you recall what he did for you by your faith yesterday, he will do the same and even much more today. Remember the story of, um, of David, 1 Samuel, I think, is that chapter 17, where he went to fight Goliath? And, you know, after he heard Goliath come to brag about, you know, against the people of God and all of that. And the people feared that they could not do anything. Just trace it out. Eventually he said, I'm going to go up against this man. And they took him to King Saul. And Saul said, ah, my son, you are but a youth. You see this guy, he has been fighting from his youth. Is the champion of the Philistines. And David said, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and a bear came. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able. To go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and is a man of war from his youth. And this is what Satan is saying to many of us. We are not able to do this thing. This thing has been there for so long, you cannot confront it. Oh, you are not qualified for this thing. No, be your type, then they find. He's repeating this thing in many different areas and faces of our lives. Hallelujah. Is repeating the same thing even in our walk with God. Now your type, you, do, you don't forget the one we did yesterday. Is repeating it. You are not able to go again for you are a youth and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its bed and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this one uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, saying he has defied the harmies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord, can you see? Who? Who? The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, it will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so said to ah, ah, go, the Lord be with you. So David had a testimony of God's deliverance in the past. The problem with many of us is that we forget. We are too forgetful. We forget the goodness of God yesterday. So new situations come today. We cry out like the children of Israel. We have forgotten that he gave, they spoke to rock. Water came out yesterday. Today we need water again. We are crying. Can we trust the Lord again? On the account of his faithfulness in the past. If he has been faithful in the past, he will be faithful again. All you need to do is trust him, not cry. Trust the Lord who delivered me, who delivered you yesterday from the mouth of the lion and from the mouth of the bear is going to deliver you from the uncircumcised Philistine. The same Lord. The same Lord. So we, we need to keep, count your blessings, name them one by one. Take record of your victories. Keep a record of your victories. Keep a record of your testimonies. Remember, don't be forgetful of the faithfulness of God. Because the Lord who did it yesterday is going to do it again. And that, that when, when you call to mind his faithfulness, it, it prepares your heart and guards your heart against unbelief. 
because you are you know it's it's there is now a record there is there is a reference and if you look at your life enough you would see references of God's faithfulness you will see situations where God brought you out and you have no idea you till now you can't tell you don't know how God did it but you know that that situation passed that phase passed the things you thought would consume you did not consume you because God came through because God came through so strengthen your heart guard the loins of your heart guard the loins of your heart let the Lord be magnified let him be, be fully persuaded let's come to full persuasion like Abraham that he is able he is able you see tonight I, this, you see, this message I want us to flesh it flesh it like open, open your mind open your heart look at different scenarios and possibilities and plug this in he is more than able and is faithful he's faithful who has believed our report and to whom is the hand of the Lord revealed he is able wow more than able can we be on our feet tonight? To accomplish what concerns me today. He is able more than able to handle anything that comes my way is able more than able to do much more than I could ever dream He's able more than able to, to make me what he wants God is able to make you everything he has said he would be. He's able to make you what he wants you to be you need to plug the gap in believing. The gap between his promise and the fulfillment is your believing. And you must plug that gap. You must plug that gap. Everything he has said is able to fulfill, but you must plug the gap in believing. You must align yourself with his speakings. You must align yourself with the things he has declared concerning you. You must adopt his position as yours. It must become your position. And you live from that declaration. You live from that place onward. Like Abraham, the father of nations. He believed that he was the father of nations and he became the father of nations. You must plug that gap by your believing. By your believing. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he would receive anything from the Lord. Let him not think. I want us to pray tonight that God would help us that we we'll come to the place of full persuasion. Full persuasion like Abraham. We would come to the place of full conviction. Scripture says concerning Abraham in Romans 4, it said, painfully persuaded. That is where we want to come to. Concerning the will of God, concerning the promises of God, concerning everything said, concerning you are spoken over you, we want to come to full persuasion. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we want to come to full persuasion. 
in the name of Jesus let conviction rise within let conviction rise in our hearts let conviction of the will of God the conviction of the word of God let it be stronger each day let it be stronger let it be stronger let it be stronger let it be stronger in our hearts in the name of Jesus let the Lord can we pray that the Lord will be magnified in our eyes we want to see the Lord in his glory we want to see him in his majesty let the Lord be magnified over every situation and circumstance we want to see the Lord magnified we want to see the Lord magnified